Hi everyone, this is the Harvest Concept Podcast where we talk about martial arts and its connection to mind, body, and spirit wellness. I'm Sarah Schweitzer. And I'm Justin Martin. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. We're, we're trying this again. So, welcome <laughs> back to the last... I haven't seen you in person. <laughs> yes. I can't remember the last time we did this in person. Yeah. Um, the uh, Yes, absolutely. This is like throwback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... The last two chapters, the wind book and the void book, are shorter and uh, a little bit different chapters for us uh, to kind of summarize uh, what I've been talking about is that, okay, so Dr. T- Dr. Kim talks about being uh, positive, talking about talking about other schools, uh, because we should all be doing the same thing. We're all here to make people better. We're all here to um, teach our process and how we got to that place. And so, um, attacking others versus telling your own strengths is such a, a touchy subject, I think. Um, <clears throat> but I think that he does a good job talking through these schools, and he says very specifically that I'm not, I'm not giving specific names out, I'm not pointing directions or fingers at these, I'm just kind of giving broad sweeps of why my style is better, or why why my style is not these others, okay? Um, and I think that's a, it's a safe way to be in that space and to talk about it. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, when I talk to, when someone comes into Harvest and you're not available, Melissa's not available and I'm there and they ask me, you know, questions, the, the first thing that I say to them is that it's not just punching and kicking. Right. It's, it's also throwing. It's, um, you know, joint locks. Um, obviously, we have sparring. But, you know, you're going to see that in other martial arts. However, what I think is the difference with sparring is that when I am sparring someone, I don't just have punches and kicks in my toolbox right. for my defense right. or for my attack, right? And so I think that when you're talking... Um, to an individual and it's hard you know when someone is like new to martial arts but if they're not new to martial arts and maybe they've dabbled in some other ones and you say well you know when we're um when we're sparring i can really adjust based upon you know obviously the person's height the person's weight my own particular comfort with you know those techniques and and be able to i think have a more comprehensive you know, holistic approach to the way that we defend ourselves and the way that we fight. Right. That married with his student creed around that we're supposed to be, you know, working on ourselves, helping others and making the world a better place, you know, creates a culture. And I'm not sure is, you know, is really, you know, sort of anywhere, um, you know, the way that he has, you know, defined it. And it's foundational to the approach and it's foundational to, you know, how we, you know, act on the mat and how we act, you know, out, you know, off the mat. Um, and I think about his analogy, the story of the line a lot, mm-hmm. um, because I think about like this conversation is, you know, there, you could take two approaches. You can tear someone down mm-hmm. to try and beat them. Or you can make yourself better or talk about, in this case, talk about the things that differentiates you right. and why you are more comprehensive. And not in saying that, that, is a, that the other group is negative, but just showing those, that, that, that difference. 
And I think when, if someone is really interested in that, um, that will resonate. However, you know, most of us are limited based upon our accessibility to something. You know, right. how close is it? Is it even available? You know, so for me to say, you know, it's Hamudo or nothing, I don't think that that's, pra you know, obviously that's not it's practical, not yeah. right? You, can, you don't have, um, you know, a Hamudo school in every single town you know, that I'm very, very fortunate. Um, but, you know, for those of, you know, someone else who maybe are, is looking at it, if all you have is Taekwondo, then that's, then that's what you should, you know, you should better that than, than nothing, right? Yeah. I would say also, uh, maybe. Or just look at our online video. <laughs> <laughs> A couple things. Here. All right. So first of all, yes, I think that uh, when you can find something local, that's also quality. You know, because everything's not quality. There's not there's not quality teachers everywhere. But you also, if you're if you're in a more rural place, then you're used to traveling in different directions to get these things, right? And so um, you wouldn't just buy yourself or your dog the worst food possible. I think just because if you drove ten more miles, there's a better source of food, right? right. You know, and so I think that. Uh, you know, making sure that you're in a quality program is good. Also, I think that, you know, what we're doing here is talking about Hamudo and selling Hamudo. And I think that to some degree we have to circle back around and go, hey, look, uh, I don't want to say like right now, go online and learn Hamudo. But I think that this is something that's coming towards the future, right? And so that we're, we are looking at uh, ways to better serve a bigger, broader audience. And, you know, even part of this is kind of making that advertisement for Hamido. Um, I do want to talk about the line more. And I think that the idea that I have for our, our next episode, our next conversation, uh, will kind of further that. But that line story is a, a really great story. And, um, you know, I think that when you bring the topic up of saying, hey, this person's line, this person's footprint, this person's... Uh, uh, ability to grow themselves and make themselves a great person helps to extend others' lines also, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just this pyramiding effect or reverse pyramiding effect, I guess, is like you're um, growing each other and lift, making everybody better together, right? Making that better community, better world. And so, again, I think as teaching qualities go up, martial arts qualities go up, Hamudo gets more solidified than it it kind of pushes itself back up further. Um, it's important. Um, well, uh, so in this, the wind book, he's very specifically talking about uh, these knowing the ways of other schools. And the first one he talks about is other schools using extra long swords. And, you know, very specifically, again, he's talking about sword fighting with someone else, someone using a sword that's longer, which is gonna give it more reach he talks about power, but really what this means is the sword is going to have not only more reach, but it's going to be able to mechanically right. create more strength. And then also it's going to be heavier. And so like it's creating more power in that sense. Um, you know, he, he believes that katana length sword is like, that's the jam, that's right? The <laughs> that's the thing. Um, but at the same time, he, uh, also kind of touches on the fact that 
he, you should know the strategy of all things, right? And so this sword is the sword of my strategist, right? But ha knowing to walk into a house and you're going to have a fight, like you should use a short sword. You should be able to go there and know that you can win with a short sword too, right? Um, he also talks about having the idea of using a long sword. Like you should understand all these options and what they do. Um, but he talks about... Uh, this preference and and surely we should not necessarily be defeated if we are using a short sword right this mindset of this is the only way and then when all of a sudden all oh, this is all i have like i'm already defeated right and so beating yourself up from the inside right 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 i think about yesterday's practice and using the short bow staff mm -hmm. and the challenge with immediately that I had with using a shorter bow staff. And, and I kept, and I remember Jonah was like, don't get the short bow staff, I'm gonna get the long one. I thought, you know, I need to be able to do this. Like I should be able to make this adjustment. Mm -hmm. But just even that, you know, just a few inches really changed my ability to safely defend myself without getting, you know, without getting, you know, hit. Mm -hmm. um, as well as being able to, you know, to reach. I mean, again, when you're when you have that long, in this case, the long sword, mm -hmm. you know, those few inches make a significant difference in your ability to stay farther away from someone mm -hmm. and still and still hit them. Right. Which is huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, and I mean, even trapped inside of a house, right? He's talking about like you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like there's no way you can even draw your sword out, and so there's a uh, there's problems. Uh, you know, I think that knowing tools and being in different situations is uh, a really, uh, it's a big teaching lesson, right? And just like having having one favorite and practicing, practicing a form over and over and over again with a favorite bow staff, right? Um, that's, that's the way to train for the perfect setting tournament right like i can go into a tournament i've practiced with this weapon over and over and over again i know the nicks the grooves i know where my hands are on it all times right but coming in here and getting a bow staff that isn't the normal length or isn't the right size i was working with that little skinny bow staff yeah. yesterday and like josh kept buzzing it out of my hands and so the you know you want to have that experience there you know, you want to have that experience and have to do the push-ups for dropping your weapon or whatever, you know, but not in, in the moment when you need it, right? You want to be able to look across the room and go, oh, there's a broomstick. I can fight, right? And so... Right, and know that yeah. that's going to probably buzz out of your hand if someone hits your room. Exactly, right? And so you're just, just developing these understandings of how things react in your hands. Um, and being and being uh, able to to move around, I think very very important. Uh, you know, with with the next statement, he also talks about these the strong log long sword spirit. Um, this saying that um, an attack is light, an attack is uh, lesser, and him kind of reiterating that hey, this is all it's all about killing. Like I'm, I can never go back and go, Hey, this was a strong attack. This was a weak attack. These are all, everything was intent to kill. And the same thing I would say with the chess match, I am not a chess player. 
I, I do not understand. I understand the movements of the, the pieces, but I have never studied the strategy of, of chess, stress, the, the strategy of chess. And I know that as soon as I move my first pawn, I, I have nothing. Right. You have there, nothing planned. There's nothing planned. But that person across from me, if they're a chess player, goes, oh, yes, good. Right? <laughs> like, and so. Perfect. Yeah, perfect, perfect move. <laughs> I will take you down. And so that's. Do you want to quit playing now? <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, checkmate. Right? And it's like, yes. Okay. I understand. Um, but, you know, this, this is what he's, you know, discussing that. There is no uh, movement of the pawn across the board without intent. Right. Every single thing has intent, and it's all for killing the enemy. Um, it's all for the purpose. You know, Hamido, we're, we're all for the purpose of making ourselves better and making a better world, making a community. And so these things are all in intent for what we're doing. Um, Without the correct principle, the fight cannot be won. The spirit of any school is to win through the wisdom of strategy, paying no attention to trifles. Study this well. Again, like you're dropping the study this well. You know, we have to understand that we, when you listen to Dr. Kim or you listen to whoever you're listening to, that you believe in what you're doing, that you're making the moves towards being that, being that better person, that you're constantly moving forward in belief or knowing that you have not paying attention to these little small things that kind of come across the, the way and pull us away from it, but finding that one true way for yourself, right? Uh, super important. The, I wanted to point something else that I, I feel like I'm passing over it. Um, uh, I feel like I've lost my place here. There's a place where he talks about power, and I just want to make sure that I'm not skipping over it. Um, I have nothing underlined, so you're, I'm going to be of no help. <laughs> That's good. You know, all right, so when he keeps talking forward, there's, you know, I don't necessarily have to hit every spot in this, in this chapter, but I think that he talks about... Uh, forcing the enemy into inconvenient situations. Again, we've talked about this and fighting inside the house and knowing your area. Uh, these are, again, things that he's trying to do to change the fight and how he says that being a counterfighter or um, being a person that's allowing somebody else to attack first really changes the fight. And so... Um, it's not always good to be the counterfighter. You're always trying to move or to make things happen. Um, and so attacking is not always a punch or kick. It's not always a sword slash, but it's you showing your intention right in the very beginning of this encounter. And he says the spirit of attacking first is completely different from the spirit of being attacked. You're that first moment of anything is so important in how you're reacting. Are you showing that you're just twitch, showing that you're uh, defensive and you're kind of turtling up, or are you immediately showing that your intent is to control the situation as you go forward? Um, he talks about uh, fixing the eyes and um, understanding how 
you can understand someone else. He talks about other schools teaching about fixing the eyes on a specific thing, saying, hey, always look at the wrists, always look at the tip of the sword, always look at their feet. And he says that all of those things are distractions to what you're really trying to do. And he's talking about fixing the eyes on the person uh, and not just the person, but the mind, body, and spirit of this person, right? And he says, you know, when you fought many times, you will be able to appraise the speed and position of the enemy's sword. You should be able to see that person's body, understand what they're loading up, and understand how they're about to move before they move, right? right. And so you're trying to process through this and see what they are. Um, he also says, having mastery in the way, you will see the weight of the enemy's spirit. I mean, this is, this is huge, right? Like I can partner up with you and go, okay, what's about to happen here? Like, this is how you're going to attack me. Understanding, uh, understanding what their intent is and then gazing at the man's heart. Like your eyes are not fixated on the body parts of this person. The body parts lie to you because the body parts are just moving how the whole thing is working together, right? And so if you're fixated on just this one thing, then you're not seeing this intent. What, how, how hard is this person about to come at you, right? right? Are they, are they fired up to attack you or are they scared? You know, we talked about that, the putting yourself in the enemy, right? And understanding, Hey, what's going on with this person and how are they going to, uh, how's the situation going to go down? Reading it before. I feel like he's, I mean, he's pointing to these things as mm-hmm. that, that these schools, I think like stop there. Mm-hmm. And then it never gets to strategy, right? But some of these things are also ways that we break things down. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I have, you know, I have to break things down. I really have to understand and be able to do one part before I can add the the next part. But I, I know what the goal is. That the 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 goal is not to fix on you know the tip of the sword. However, it's to understand that there is learning that happens when mm-hmm. you fix your eyes on different body parts. Right. So for me, understanding that and being able to like kind of laser focus on those things and get that part muscle memory is, mm-hmm. is, is really, really vitally important. But with the mindset of understanding that that's not the end goal, like the end right. goal is not to do that well and to stop. The end goal is to use that in order to, to, to move forward to move forward. Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely correct. And break it down even further. Just think about what you learn as a white belt when you come in here. You learn absolutely. what it looks like someone to kick and punch at you. Absolutely. And like and you, defi- you use that for, for, for forever. This is counting from zero to one. And you were doing it as a white belt. Yes. I mean, some people come here <laughs> that are I, not really white belts. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes they have to earn their white belt, right? Um, it, he says that this is, I think this next one, using the feet in other schools. And he, he talks uh, briefly about how uh, someone uses floating foot or jumping foot or springing foot and treading foot, these different stepping methods or ways to move with your opponent. Um, and again, I, I would say he, he's not saying that you should not be able to run, you should not be able to jump, you should not be able to float. You should be able to do all these things. Um, and 
what he rolls it back into is the footwork does not change. I always walk as I usually do in the street. You must never lose control of your feet. According to the enemy's rhythm, move fast or slowly, adjusting your body not too much, not too little. Um, he's 100% saying that I, I'm staying in control of my entire being during these moments, right? Um, but at the same time, he there's parts in his biography where he talks about running all the way down a beach, right? Um, you know, and so this... It's not that he's, again, that he's saying that these other things never happen, but you should always be in control. Um, and, and don't you think he's also possibly saying, like, for him, he's always practicing. Like, when he walks down the street, he's, he's, he's practicing. So everything in his life, like, he doesn't see, there's not a, there's not a separation. separation. Like, yeah. he wakes up. It's like Dr. Kim. He wakes up and what, you know, what he does, if he's eating breakfast, it's one, two, three rhythm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this, this, everything, everything that he is doing, the way that he is approaching everything is to practice and to, you know, build, continue to build strength and flexibility and fluidity. So walking down the street, you know, you are managing your speed based mm -hmm. upon your opponents that are surrounding you and, and everything is... There is no separation. Yeah, it is 100% integrated into his life, right? Um, you know, I was talking to Dr. Schwa in Singapore one time, and we were talking about Tai Chi. And he was talking about the study of key flow and how you're moving your body and developing the understanding of this movement, right? And he was like, Dr. Kim walks in Tai Chi. And like, so we just talked about how, you know, this intentional movement, there's never... There's literally never a movement or spot where he's not in control, mm -hmm. right? And that's what he's developed. I, I'll never forget watching him teach a judo seminar. And he was teaching off a packet of paper or clipboard or something. And he was walking backwards and tripped, walking backwards in a room full of people, 80-year-old man. And without skipping a beat, he fell backwards, rolled, stood back up again, took a breath, and then started teaching right back into it, right? There's not 80-year-old men that do that, right? I don't know that my, <laughs> I love my dad to death, but like, no. I don't think that he's gonna fall backwards, roll over, and pop back up and be ready to keep going, right? Um, <laughs> my dad also hurts himself a lot. He's, he's constantly self-described, uh, um, makes himself bleed all the time and everything else like I understand that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um you know the the rhythm and talking about constantly being in control it moves right on into this speed and uh fast slow movement of schools and you know beginners try to sh try this they slow down and their spirit becomes busy. Um Oh, excuse me. Back it up. I skipped my first line. In the way of dance, accomplished performers can sing while dancing. Um, man, modern pop culture would probably blow his mind, right? Uh, but then when beginners try this, they slow down and the spirit, the spirit becomes busy, right? There's so much we have to learn. There's so many moving parts and understanding how things work together and finding that rhythm is so important as we go. Um, 
So then it says very skillful people can manage a fast rhythm, but it's bad to beat hurriedly, right? Um, again, understanding that pace, and we've been talking a lot about this with the bow staff and these different lengths of the bow staff, weights of the bow staff. If you try to rush spins and motions and you're going, you're fighting the staff, then it gets everything jumbled up and you end up having to reset yourself and come back to center and find that rhythm again. And this is again, starting to know those tools and know your body and understand how to work with things, right? Right, and your opponent, right? Yeah. I mean, so if somebody's coming at you fast, someone's coming at you slow, somebody's stronger than you, I mean, that has more weight behind their being able to smoothly respond to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, again, here we go. Are always You're always deliberate. Mm. Really skillful people never get out of time. They're always deliberate and never appear busy. Man, I, talking to Dr. Kim about these things, even talking to Donald or Graham Mysterio, like you, these master level people, grandmaster level people, they're so deliberate in what they're doing and saying, and they don't feel the rush to just blah. Right, um, so uh, it's very interesting giving Dr. Kim stuff because it might be a long time before you get <laughs> stuff back and like process, right? Um, but he does want to process it. It can be something as simple as me asking him, "Hey, how do you say harvest in Korean?" He could have literally said anything, right? He could gone to the farmer's book and said, "Hey, this," and I, this is I feel bad for saying it because he wrote me an email, very, very. Uh, powerful email, but talking about, you know, it could be this, and I can't remember the word for just going out and picking a tomato. Right. Right. And you know, that act of harvesting, that's, that's what we're doing, but there's a deeper Korean word, sangwa, and sangwa means literally like this effort of putting in and growing more of, instead of saying harvest more almost like farming, like farming as a whole, like I am a farmer, I'm creating this, I'm planting the seed, I'm taking care of it and I am harvesting, right? And so this, this over uh, or bigger word that just means what, it, what it's saying, right? Right, it's the context. I, I was just talking to someone, I, I love words. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, when, you, when you're thinking about, and I love um, one of the classes that I did not realize that I would love is uh, translations. Uh, so I'm, I've never been really great at language, like speaking another mm -hmm. language or, because I don't know why, but I have challenges. But uh, when it comes to translations, I love that because you have, well, one, you have time. And two, it's this process of really understanding what the text is trying to say mm -hmm. and choosing words in another language. And sometimes, you know, people talk about this a lot, but a lot of things don't, they say it doesn't translate, but that, I don't necessarily know that that, that there are times when there's literally not another word. Like it's right. like, this is an American thing, or this is a Korean thing, or this is a whatever thing. Right. But usually there's another word in that other language that you can quickly say that this is the thing. Right. right. But what he's talking about is that real understanding of that, what that means. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is it, are we talking about you know, are we talking about, you know, harvesting a tomato? Are we talking about, you know, the whole harvest process mm -hmm. that involves a community? Are we talking about this, this space that we're in? 
and to be able to translate that it, it's going to be you know a different word you right. know and if you want I mean, I, we've talked about this but I, I love korean dramas and i love listening to the fact that they say the same word over and over and over again but ev every time it is translated differently, differently mm -hmm. you know like what or so or okay or and it is the same word mm -hmm. but it is being translated differently based upon the context and how the person's you know tone and what they're trying to what they're trying to say mm -hmm. no you're you're very you're, you're correct um you know i again so to say that he's he's very deliberate in what he's doing his actions you ask him a question He's not just going to jump at the first thing. He's going to sit there and process it. And so, you know, seeing that patience that he's developed over time is so good. I mean, take it back to, to the life that I live right now with kids and having a four and a seven year old at home is like they want to ask a question. And they're going to ask you five times while you're still processing the first time, like what's even being asked of you. And so, you know, trying to teach them that patience and, and growth in it is is a lot of fun you know it's fun to see the journey yes. and not fun at the same time <laughs> <laughs> but you should be intentional in your responses i try and to be all the time <laughs> i try i, try I always ask the question how much of a response do you i have to ask this to my children how much of a response do you want mm -hmm. are you looking for a quick response is this a you know a question where you just want me to just give you an answer yeah. or do you want me to give you my, my full response? <laughs> and usually they don't want my full response. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. All right. So uh, here's another just great paragraph. I think that as we're kind of talking through the end of this is when your opponent is hurrying recklessly, you must act contrarily and keep calm. You must not be influenced by the opponent. Train diligently to attain the spirit. Um, again, you can't let somebody draw you in. And this is the counter to what we were talking about uh, on one of the previous episodes and talking about in sparring. Uh, that if I bring you in really small and then I expand you out really big in sparring, I take it really technical and then I get really wild with it, I'm trying to draw you out and make you wild too, right? You have to understand the reverse of it. You have to see, hey, this is what, what's going on here and not, not just dive deeply into it not get drunk on this thing that i'm feeding you and then let me take back over right you really have to pay attention to what's going on have your strategy and be able to stick to that strategy and not let the other person pull you off of yours right and um, then practicing that in the real world being understanding that you are responsible for your own emotions and so regardless of what anyone is bringing to you you still can have you know, a calm response. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're exactly right, Sarah. And like, you know, we talk a lot about this just being this fighting book and it's easy to keep talking about the fighting book side of it, but you know, with kids and everything, right? Like you get upset in these moments and you have to kind of draw yourself back in. And I literally had to walk out of the room the other day because I had cleaned the house really nicely. And then I walked back to Riggs room. It's time for bed. And like, what yeah, you know like, like yeah it's like what just happened um so i had to take a moment to myself and <laughs> recollect my thoughts right um look uh because the way to understanding is through experience i do not speak of the interior and the gate um he, he's talking about really just practicing and understanding you know um it's so important 
to, to listen to these things, but to take them one at a time and put them into uh, the real world. And whether that be your life or business or sparring on the floor, um, rolling around, wrestling with people, that all these things, you should be studying them and moving them into your practice. And the more that you see them, the more that you understand what other people are doing, the, the better you're gonna be, the better strategist you're gonna be. Uh, you must simply keep your spirit true to realize the virtue of strategy. I mean, that's uh, such a powerful way to end that, um, that if your style is true 100% through, then you're going to have a true strategy. You're going to have this understanding and you're going to develop it through practice and time. Um, and you're going to grow and that's just the way it is. Uh, I think it's a, a kind of a beautiful way to end it um, and say that, you know, again, all these other things are taught by schools that this might be the most important part of everything and saying that maybe that's just a way to get to something further, you know, um, combine it all together. Hey, let's end this right now. The, the book of the void. Um, the book of the void is literally one page. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, but there's some deep knowledge on this and this, this kills me, um, with black belts. I, years ago when I was teaching and beginning to teach, I remember there being this father and son, uh, duo in the Taekwondo school and they were great, man. They were physically fit. They were really fun to spar, flexible, talented, uh, you know, in the way we talk about a strategist about this book, like punching, kicking, these guys were it. Like they understood how to fight, they understood how to do the technique. They practiced, like they were really good at kicking, really good at striking. And uh, they got black belt and they literally at the testing were like, or the belt ceremony, they're like, thank you so much for all this, like peace out. And we're like, what? What happened? <laughs> and they're what like, happened? yeah, like well, we, got, we got our black belt, so now we're moving on. Um. And like they, they took that as we've accomplished this and we're moving on to something else. Now, I don't know everything about them and they could have been on a grander tour of the martial arts, meaning right. that uh, sort of like we have these minors, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe they came in to learn Taekwondo, they got their black belt and they are a part of like, something else. Enough. Yeah. Um, but this it's, is enough on the punching and kicking. Yeah, exactly. That could have been their course. But at the same time, you, you experience these people that say they get to black belt and they say this, that's what I was trying to accomplish. I was just trying to get that, uh, merit. Right. Right. And, uh, one of the things that's been kind of discussed around here recently was the fact that you get that black belt, um, or you win the Hyun Kim cup, right? That was a moment in time. And so that moment in time was when the Heon Kim Cup was when I was the best that showed up for the World Hamado Association tournament, right? Um, when you got that black belt, you showed up and did your best at that moment to achieve that thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean anything past that point if you're not a practicing martial artist, right? Right. It really just becomes a trophy on the wall. And it's, it's a big trophy because you've achieved it. Right. But if you walk away without a reason to move on or continue bettering yourself, then you've like, it's all been kind of for nothing. Right. 
um, to some degree. Because if you if you back away from it, and this I see your face, and so I I can't wait for you to to answer me back. But you know, it's just it's weird to me. Uh, maybe I'll give another example. That uh, I have another student that was a really awesome black belt, like great student, um, overcame a lot, grew a lot, but he was always in a very sports atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that martial arts is the only thing that is the way for people, right? Um, meaning that sports stars. Uh, are addicted to what they do. Absolutely. And so uh, a, a really good writer is addicted to what they do, right? Um, and there's specialists. This kid really wanted to be a soccer player and was at the level of like, hey, I can push harder and move into this and, and I can see a future for myself continuing to escalate, right? But I have to make these decisions to get there. And so for this next phase of his life, that was what he needed to do. And his mom came to me and she was so sad when she came. And I, I understand because it's a friend that you've had for years now, right? And they're saying, hey, we've got to commit to this other thing. Right. My neighbor's moving, right? And so they're going to move away. Like it's right. sad that that's happening because this was what it was. But you, this is you progressing your life, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe he'll come back to Hamudo later in life. Um, and, but he'll always be a proponent for it because of what he learned here, right? Um, and so I, I see the way when they move on to something bigger. Mm-hmm. I don't understand when it collapses and disappears. Mm-hmm. Meaning there's not a, a path ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say this by saying, by knowing that things exist, you can know that which does not exist. Um, we generally say that when someone gets to black belt, they should have a pretty good understanding of like, oh, this is a lot of stuff that I know now and it allows me to see how much I don't know. Um, right. uh, people in the world look at things mistakenly and think that what they do not understand must be the void, the absence of, and this is not the true void, it's bewilderment. Um, getting lost in things that you don't know exist. He says, to attain the way of strategy of warrior, you must study fully other martial arts and not deviate even a little from the way of the warrior. When your spirit settled, accumulate, practice day by day, hour by hour, polish the twofold spirit, heart and mind, sharpen the twofold gaze, perception and sight. When your spirit is not in the least clouded, when the clouds of bewilderment clear away, there is the true void. I mean, it's just... It's, it's really wild when you think that this book is um, written back in the day, principles of this true strategy um, to fight, to be a better person, to understand things. Um, I, can't, uh, I can't say that Musashi was a good person or a bad person. I'd say that depends on who and how you met him, right? Sure. Um, the same goes for plenty of uh, warriors that have fought for the United States, uh, for people around the world, like these, uh, leaders and military leaders and this, our humanoid history that has gotten to us to this place. There's, um, lots of good and bad, evil and wrong. Um, and there's plenty of good too. And there's a, I'd say there's a pretty big mix of a lot of that. Right. Um, I, I think that, this person has a deep understanding of 
strategy. Dr. Kim has a deep understanding of strategy in the same way of putting together Hamudo and creating the best version of himself that he can possibly be. And so where this all kind of ties in together, I think is, is understanding what he's saying in a different way and processing, hey, this is what he's talking about. These are very, very important principles, but are they already in my life too? Or are they already in what I'm, what I'm studying, right? And continuing to try and grow and find those things is, is so important. Absolutely. High five? Boom. Oh, oh it's real. real. <laughs>